I'm guessing if you had asked your peer group or your family, friends, like, is this a an advisable decision, taking all of my savings and pouring it into a samosa business? Like, I'm guessing a lot of people would have told you, like, maybe don't do that. No, so I didn't ask anyone. <laughs> I just, I just went ahead and started it. <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> Good answer. Welcome to episode four, season one of Millionaire Mondays, the show where we bring you the stories of real Indian startups told by the entrepreneurs that built them. I'm Caleb Friesen, and on the show today, how Amit Nanwani and Diksha Pandey are capitalizing on India's disorganized snack industry with their 50-plus location QSR and cloud kitchen chain Samosa Party, India's most valuable samosa brand. An estimated 60 million samosas are sold in India every single day, and annually that's 22 billion samosas, or 15 samosas per Indian per year. But here's the thing, despite the popularity of samosas in India, they have next to no brand identity. And to me, the most interesting thing about this is that we've actually seen this story play out in other parts of the world before. For example, hamburgers used to be a street food, a patty between two buns for five cents each. Now it's a $42 billion industry. Or how about this? In 16th century Naples, pizza was a dish for poor people. Now it's a segment with culinary diversity spanning gourmet, artisan, fast food, and everything in between. And the entire industry is worth $141 billion. Do you see where I'm going with this? Samosas are a huge opportunity. By 2025, which is just around the corner, it's estimated that this industry will be worth $750 million, and that's just the start. In coming years, if Indian samosa brands are able to go global, then the size of this pie could grow significantly larger. And before I first came to India in 2016, I had never heard of Bani Puri, I'd never heard of Bav Bhaji. Most people outside of India just aren't familiar with most of these Indian snacks, but samosas, well, samosas are different. On the global stage, they're arguably India's most famous snack food. But in the last decade, Indian startups have been so busy focusing on tech that nobody really realized that the humble samosa could actually be India's pizza. It could be India's burger if only someone took the disorganized, unstandardized, informal samosa market and slapped a logo on it. Think about it. McDonald's is burgers, right? Domino's is pizza. So why can't Samosa Party be samosas? That's what Amit Nanwani thought to himself when he got into business back in 2016. Amit is from Indo and he actually grew up helping his dad run the family business, a small shoe store in the city. He was surrounded by delicious, unbranded street food from a young age, and only really realized that Tier 1 metros were more American QSR-oriented when he shifted to Gurugram to work for Sapien in 2012. Instead of samosas, employees would step out and grab a burger or a slice of pizza, and it was here in Gurugram that he happened to meet his future co-founder, Diksha Pandey. Diksha comes from the Tier 3 city of Nainatal Uttarakhand and had spent several years working her way up through the hospitality industry. She'd begun her career in an entry position at Oberoi Hotels and Resorts, eventually becoming the manager of food and beverage operations at the Oberoi Gurgaon. In 2013, though, she got a job at Yum Restaurants International, which is the parent company of KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. And it was here that she led Pizza Hut's dine-in team of 320 restaurants for nearly two years. Little did she know that the skill of managing QSR locations would end up becoming incredibly valuable a couple of years later when she would join a Amit in building a samosa startup, but more on that later. So from Gurugram, Amit moved to Mumbai to work for Digitas, and then on to Bengaluru to work for Intel, and it was actually while he was here working at Intel that he decided he wanted to start his own business, a catering operation that would pack boxed meals for corporate events. And while samosas were certainly one of the items that the company was selling, they definitely weren't the sole focus by any means. We were selling everything, right, from uh, pizzas to burgers to uh, donut, croissant, muffin, samosa, puffs, everything. You just name it and we'll procure, we will curate everything in a nicely packaged box and give it to you. So for, let's say, a town hall of 1,000 people, you order 1,000 boxes and you distribute each and, each and every box to each and every. So like snack catering kind of. Yeah. Sort of that. How do, how do you actually start a 
Samosa business? I mean, it's B2B at this point, right? Early yeah. days. Did you like, <laughs> did you know how to, like, you have no experience with running a, I mean, you, you've been in your father's shop when you're younger, so you it's kind of understand how different. it works. It's very different. Um, how did you actually go about it? Like explain the nuts and bolts to me. See, one thing, one thing that I realize and I've seen, you know, if you have to do it, just jump at it. Don't wait for the perfect moment because that never happens, you know. So um, like I like I uh, mentioned, you know, the idea was to build a B2B uh, snack business. Um, first step, what do you do? You need a website, you need a picture, you need products. So what are the top uh, products which people would consume in a uh, snack setting or in a corporate setting? You got some sandwiches, some puffs, some muffins, some burgers, pizzas, everything I got out, um, uh, bought from different different places, you know, put together, did a photo shoot. Oh, you'd actually go to like nearby shops. Yeah, I just buy, did a photo shoot and just uh, decided I'll put it up on the website because the idea was we'll put it up, then we'll see we'll find the vendors and then it took some it'll take some time to you know take off and then we'll reach out to admins i thought in my mind that these were the steps and you know from the time i launched the website it'll take at least uh, another 15 to 30 days minimum to get the orders but um, here was it, it here, here this was you know uh, at night uh, around 11 o'clock 12 o'clock i made the website live and i uh, slept um, next uh, no, morning. no employees at this point. No it's just you. No it's just and, and you put your mobile phone number on the website. Mobile phone number. <laughs> I, I though I bought a new number, new phone, uh, and uh, there was a new uh, phone number at uh, uh, for specifically for uh, uh, samosa party B two B business. And uh, next afternoon, uh, I got a call uh, from someone, and I realized because what it was a new phone, new number. I realized this is a. Uh, customers call so uh, yeah i picked up the call I, I actually didn't pick up the call i was with diksha and, <laughs> he didn't know uh, what to do <laughs> i didn't know what to do <laughs> so i gave out the phone to diksha the customer diksha. says hey is this samosa party yeah 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 and so, he's like it's a customer i don't know what to do and he gives me the phone <laughs> yes yes sir one minute please <laughs> i didn't i didn't even pick up he didn't even do that <laughs> he just passed the phone <laughs> I took the order and um, by the end of like me taking the order, this was uh, somebody's kid's birthday party, a lady had called. And um, by the end of the call, I, uh, you know, closed the order and given her a number and, you know, you uh, we'll send you a link and you can make a payment because UPI wasn't a thing then. And uh, we, we were ready to process the order, which was, I think, the coming Sunday or something. So we said, OK, we have three days and we'll get ready. Oh, that's nice, though, that it was a little, yeah. you had a bit of time. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. So we it had wasn't boxes. Like... We had boxes, though. We had branded boxes. We didn't know what to put inside it. Whatever she told us she wanted, we sort of sourced and sent them out later. But um, at the end of the call, he was like, oh, I need to. To learn this I need to learn how to take calls like that and obviously I was speaking in my obroy tone and voice <laughs> which was which is something he wanted to learn oh yeah and 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 the woman on the other end of the call would have been like very impressed very impressed, right? very impressed. and I yeah. think this was a Sunday I had a working Sunday so Amit got the orders ready and then he delivered it in an uber and uh, on the way it, it was a kid's birthday a um, this lady's daughter's birthday on the way he picked up a barbie uh, because <laughs> he's like this is my first customer who i'm going to deliver the first order uh, he took a picture of the barbie and sent that you know i'm just <laughs> delivering this gift along with this order that's so sweet so, yeah i think uh, that was our lucky charm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that kind of uh, extra touch, right? Like sort of, yeah. this is not just a company that doesn't care about me, yeah, but you know, yeah. you're doing the extra step to make yeah. them feel special, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that doesn't scale, you know, but yeah. uh, yeah. but it's nice. No, that for it, us, it was just because it was a passion project, passion. right? We were just doing to make ourselves happy, I think, at that point yeah. in time, right? It was more about, uh, okay, this is cute, somebody's birthday party, and let's just take a gift. And we never even thought about the economics of the order or anything like that. Yeah. How long did that last, though? Sort of just the two of you picking up calls and and sort of sorting things out well, yourself. I was not in the picture. No, the <laughs> I was picture. just given the phone randomly. She whenever. was not in the picture. First first call she took, but after that I managed. Uh, so this happened for almost a year, uh, almost a year. Where it's but just it's scaled, basically just we, you. But we scaled business like anything um, till about you know if if I talk about twelfth month, we were doing already about fifteen twenty lakhs a month. So it had scaled, um, and you know gradually through word of mouth and you know then we got in touch with a lot of hrs admin admins so we're delivering orders to all big corporates at that point at one point in time yeah and probably too i mean this wasn't a priority i'm sure but people yeah. like me who you know historic like in my journey of coming from to india in like 2017 until today i've i've really avoided street food yeah um, not because it's not tasty mm. but because it just 
There's it's this scary. risk. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. Like the hygiene yeah. part is just, yeah. um, I don't want to get deli belly, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've avoided, not yeah. like samosas are pretty uh, tame, right? There's yeah. other foods that you can almost get, like bunny puri. Like it's, yeah. you're pretty much yeah. guaranteed, you know, as a foreigner with a weak stomach yeah. to get sick from that. Yeah. Uh, but even samosa, I've just, I'm just like, you know what? I see the guy picking it up with his bare hands and I don't know what he's been doing. Yeah. So I think the fact that you guys are building this brand with hygiene as a priority yeah. um, actually yeah. makes these street foods accessible to people and probably not just in India, but at a certain point later on down the road on a global scale as well. 100%. But back in 2016, probably that's not uh, the priority, right? It's more getting these samosas into the hands of people in Bengaluru. Yeah. Um, the name is quite literal, right? Samosa yeah. party. Yeah. You're so sort samosa of party actually is a very... Uh, interesting name samosa party uh, traditionally if you go to um, any any northern part of the country samosa party is a uh, party without alcohol or com people coming together over is snack it? it's it's called samosa party it's, oh. a, it's, a, it's sort of a verb it's not you you say let's samosa party let's do a samosa party that's a that's the sort of a term and connotation uh, so that is samosa party it doesn't literally means having samosa in a party right? oh okay i didn't know that yes. because we say the same thing in in the, the West, I don't know, like Canada, where I'm from, US, uh -huh. pizza party, right? Pizza yeah, party. Uh, exactly. That's a thing that people say. Yeah. So it's the same concept. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, you know, it's, catering to parties, making no, samosas. No, 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 no. Okay. So you've set up this sort of almost like a B2B business in a way. Yeah. When did the transition or when did the idea come to you that, hey, maybe we can make this a B2C thing and set up an actual physical retail location? Very quickly, in three to four months, uh, I realized that, uh, you know, you have to build a strong consumer facing brand so that people can associate yourself with uh, Samosa Party. Um, because uh, you, uh, you're in a... Uh, business of uh, brand creation, right? It's uh, at the end of the day, you're selling product, but it's it's a brand uh, which customers can trust and food is a very high trust category at the end of the day. So if you have to trust something, then you have to build a brand. So very quickly, I realized uh, what do I have to do? How do I have to do? Which location? What? That took uh, some point in time, but within three to four months, I realized that I have to build a strong consumer brand. Sure. Was it was there a financial consideration there too that like it's probably going to be a little bit more costly, right? You're going to have yep. to rent out yep. a space. Yep. Yeah. Um, how are you doing it on that yeah. front financially? Was were you comfortable? Like, was this a stretch? I was I was uh, comfortable, uh, but you know I I had put in all uh, my savings, all my so I would moved from uh, Mumbai to uh, Bangalore for Intel. I um, got some relocation bonus, joining bonus, a lot of different, different, you get FNF from last company. So I had some money, which uh, I had, I'd put in all the money uh, to start the business. Wow. Yeah. Which I'm I'm guessing if you had asked your peer group or your family, friends, like, is this a an advisable decision, taking all of my savings and pouring it into a samosa business? Like, I'm guessing a lot of people would have told you, eh, like, maybe don't do that. Or yeah. were people supportive? No, so I didn't ask anyone. <laughs> I just, I just went ahead and started it. <laughs> I uh, saw that coming. <laughs> good answer. So, yeah, if you'll ask, you'll get a lot of different kind of opinions and answers. But you everyone know, has an opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was uh, thinking about it for a while, and then you know, one fine day um, in Indra Nagar, in a um, actually. Tier 3 sort of a real estate of Indra Nagar in Jivan Bhima Nagar Lane. I saw one shop which was available and I just rented it without thinking what I'm going to do next. I just I just took a bet. Why Indra Nagar? I used to live there. So Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like a not a strategic yeah, no, no. heat maps looking no, at no, no, footfall. No, no. Not not with the first location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how did you go how did you go about it? Did you just hire some professionals to take care of it for you? Or did you kind of try to figure it out yourself? Like what was the cause you know, previously you'd been into B B two B, right? Yeah. So you could sort of source these samosas from other places, whereas now you kinda I think you have to make them on yeah. on premise, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so absolutely correct. You know, I had never made anything forget about anything I, i've never made chai in my life at that point in time you know so um dealing with uh, equipments fryers and everything was pretty scary you know like i mentioned you know i i burnt my hair for the first time when i was using a deep fat fryers you know which are very you have to ignite the fryer so there was a 
sort of a blast or a pushback that happened and uh, you know i burnt my hair for the first time <laughs> so i had no idea about how uh, for the, the first time for the first this time this happened I, a few times <laughs> yeah, no, for the first time but <laughs> and last then, time then, then yeah for the last time but uh, but you had to keep doing it again and again because the employees would get scared at the yeah, right? yeah. Oh. for the first time uh, so it was not a very big setup that i didn't hire a lot of uh, corporate professionals right there was you hire some blue collar uh, uh, people to uh, run the show right and that point in time i showing them how to turn on the fryer and it uh, backfired they everybody got scared no 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 i'm not going to touch it <laughs> but uh, you know i learned it over a period of time so uh, to start with uh, like i mentioned no food background um, started uh, getting uh, products and food outro so we, we reached out to few halwais uh, who were at that point in time giving uh, samosas to a lot of uh, Uh, movie halls uh, at that point in time so we reached out to them uh, developed uh, our own recipes uh, what kind of filling and how the product used to go and started with uh, outsource products and started with very few varieties three four varieties uh, of uh, veg a couple of varieties of non veg and some chai which we were making in house and we started with that describe explain to me the sort of unit economics of samosas cuz it's there's like basically a filling there's a sort of crust or like a shell yeah there's i guess you have to have the oil there right i yeah. mean how much do the raw ingredients cost as compared to the final price that you're selling at cuz it's not that much right like the margins have to be pretty thin 20 30 rupees yeah. is what you're charging yeah. for a single samosa yeah. right see at that point in time uh, i had no idea about how the unit economics would work we would take uh, samosa at uh, x rupees from somewhere we used to sell at 2x that was a simple uh, logic uh, no math no nothing because we were not making our own food every someone else was making we were frying at the outlet you know but over a period of time you know we started uh, making our own food the entire supply chain came into the picture the standardization how do you scale across different different cities how um, you know will go from one location to other how does the last mile works how quickly can you fry how would the packaging work all those things happened pretty very very uh, later stages at that point in time at that point in time it was just you know you take the product you keep some margin with you and you just sell later i realized there are a lot of other costs there is a cost of running the store there is a cost of exactly. running exactly you are putting the oil as well and oil is very expensive and you can't reuse the oil for a very long time so you have to make sure that the oil is always clean so you have to change the oil uh, net net i realized after a couple of months i realized i was not making any money you look at the balance <laughs> i was going to ask like was yeah. this profitable not not uh, initially uh, i was uh, putting in uh, all of my salary or most of my salary at that point in time it was sort of a break even uh, it was not making uh, money but uh, we were selling easily about 500 to 1000 samosas per day from uh, that outlet uh, to start with and the feedback was more important right more than anything you know you are doing this uh, as a uh, uh, as a passion you're not you're not doing this just for the business right so what was more important that people should like the food people should you know understand that um, uh, should enjoy the food that was the most important thing and that happened people are really liking the food people like the concept they liked and accepted that there are different types and varieties of samosas like who would imagine a barbecue chicken samosa who would imagine a tandoori chicken samosa right so that is what people really appreciated and i think people in in bengaluru are more experimental as well right Uh, not in bangalore everywhere uh, everywhere uh, today for that matter right you know uh, in indranagar though were people kind of ready to try something new or yeah, yeah it was 100%. hit hit and miss no 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 100% 100% cuz i know the pricing there was a bit of variety there right some samosas were priced at 20 rupees some yeah. at 40 rupees yeah, yeah. depending on the fillings right yeah. um so i'm guessing like the average ticket size was somewhere around 30 rupees per person no 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 No. I wish ticket size was easily one 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 fifty rupees because as a product like samosa, right? It's not a individual consumption product. People consume in group, um, and you know nobody orders a single samosa for themselves, right? Everybody Is it? Orders in a it's always two, a party. Three. It's always a party with samosa. For, for me, I always get two samosas. Like you always get two samosas. That's my thing. I'm guessing most people are yeah. two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, you know, we used to do chai as well. So you know, that also adds on. Okay. In 2018, you expanded two locations. Yeah. And I have to imagine that the reason you did that was because you did see a path yeah. to this business becoming sustainable at yes. some point, right? Yes. So yes. were you able to kind of figure out the unit economics and actually make this like slightly yes. profitable yes. Yes. or 
or was it the, was the hope that like okay two locations three locations six locations at some point we're gonna start uh, we're gonna break even or like start making a profit no 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 so uh, after a couple of months I realized that you know we have to make the food in house number one because then we can do a lot of uh, innovation you can do a lot of uh, trials there were some customers pain point that also we can address a lot of things uh, were missing at that point in time so the idea was to make this in house. Uh, hired a team, uh, started making everything in house, and then the next step was: can we scale this? Can we can we go from one to two to four? Um, then uh, happened the next outlet that we opened in Kormangla, uh, near uh, Jyoti Nivas College. We opened our uh, second outlet, um, and uh, the idea was: you know, you, here is one proof of concept in Indranagar. People are eating, people are enjoying. It's working well. Can we uh, 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 replicate the same model in uh, Kormangla as well with the same consistency? So that was uh, the idea and see how much uh, can I stretch and how far can we stretch. I, I would have been a stretch, I think. I mean, you're working eventually in 2018, I think you transitioned from Intel to Ernst & Young. Yeah. Um, you've, you're doing that as yeah. your day job. Yeah. And now you're running two QSR locations. Yeah. Plus, is it still the B2B business is still ongoing as well? Or you kind of had slowed that down? I, I had slowed that down. Got it. I slowed that down. But but you must have been stretched been. pretty thin as, a, yeah, as an yeah, individual, yeah. right? 100%. But you know, I was enjoying the uh, journey. I was enjoying the experience. You know, I started enjoying meeting new people, talking to customers, how are they loving the food and so on and so forth. Uh, um, um, so much so, you know, in um, when I was in EY, there was a lot of travel also, which was involved in different different cities. So it uh, was a lot of stretch at that point in time. I remember uh, one time, you know, and there are a lot of small, small challenges has come, you know, uh, I was at one point in time, I went for a um, holiday to my hometown in Indore for Diwali, uh, you know. And uh, this was second day of Diwali. I got a call from store that, uh, you know, uh, there are five uh, team members in a store and only one is left. All four left, left. they got the salary and uh, for some reason they went to their village and nobody was there at the outlet to manage the outlet. So I booked my flight, came back the next day, uh, cancelled my holiday and just to, you know, make sure that the store is running. So even whatever happened, you know, the idea was always to keep the business running um, because that I feel is... In the jeans, you know, as Sindhi businessman, you never leave money on the table. So uh, the idea was always to keep this uh, running, you know, yeah, stretch it a little bit. Yeah, it's a short form for it. Yeah, call it. We call it uh, KTBR, keep the business running internally. <laughs> so no matter what, if uh, it's COVID, no COVID, whatever happens, you um, can never shut down your business because that's that's the trust a customer has in you. You can't trust, shut your business even for a single day, whatever happens. Even if uh, on our wedding day also business was running and if it was one location also I was running, I would have managed it somehow. KTBR is a powerful concept for any business owner, but as a human being, you can only physically be in one place at any given time, which is why hundreds of restaurant owners across India right now are using Explorex to remotely manage their multi-location restaurant chains from the comfort of their smartphone. Explorex's flagship offering, Bridge, is a full-stack operating system that helps restaurants owners manage their entire restaurant business, giving them oversight and control over all of their locations. It's designed to help you grow your restaurant. Locations that use Bridge see a 40% faster table turnaround time, a 30% growth in average ticket size, and a doubling of staff productivity. This is all thanks to a multitude of features that have been built right into this platform, from auto table and payment settlement features to digital menus and also integrated POS. If you're a restaurant owner, then Explorex is the key to KTBR. In fact, we might as well change that acronym here because Explorex supercharges your ability to keep the business growing, KTBG. And if you want to know more about how Explorex can help you to keep your restaurant business growing, then click on the link in the description down below. All right, now let's get on with the podcast. Did people know that you were running this business on the no, side? No, no. You are sort of like moonlighting in secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> were there ever any moments but, but, when someone like, where you had to take a call while you're in the office and people are like, what's he, what, why is he always so busy? <laughs> <laughs> that happened, you know, but it was, uh, it was always, it was never a, uh, an idea which I thought I'll uh, leave my job and I'll do this full time, right? The idea was always to, uh, um, just like you know you have a passion of you play sport you play golf you play tennis for me it was you know running this uh, business so um, it was there was nothing to hide but at the same point in time there was no, nothing to you know you, you won't go and tell the world that I'm playing golf or I'm playing playing uh, badminton it was uh, that for me 
um so uh, yeah i used to take uh, calls and for work calls and all but one interesting thing that uh, happened you know because i was not doing this full time i was doing with uh, my other job so the entire system was very uh, lean at the same point in time my entire system was not dependent on me uh even if i am not there the system runs automatically so that was a very interesting thing that happened from day one and uh, also you know because i don't come from food background um i just i only understand this is x this is y i don't understand how this x and y work together right so it was always black and white for me it was always either a food is good either a food is not good either you put a um, you know 1 gram of salt or you put 2 gram of salt it can't be uh, i i put it because i like it right so it was always very scientific it was always methodical um, the way i approach the problem the way i approach scaling the business for example you know from day one um, um you know if you are running just one location you you can make it in the same location you can try it right you don't need a, a hub and spoke sort of a model but from day one i had a separate central kitchen i had a separate uh, outlet just to you know because uh, um, how do you scale how do you grow from 1 to 2 uh, that was always in the back of uh, my head that if i have to do one more how do i do that i have to make it in some location and then uh, scale it otherwise it's very difficult to employ skilled people who are making samosas so even with one outlet we had a central kitchen we had an outlet with two outlet also the same thing happened so from day one it was made uh, in a very methodical scientific sort of a, man- a manner it was always meant to you know scale interesting So it is so you have sort of this cloud kitchen you probably didn't call it that at the time yeah but it's sort of this cloud kitchen no, model No it's not a cloud kitchen it's sort of a factory or it's a central kitchen where you make the uh, food and the final processing or the final finishing happens so for example McDonald's uh, makes uh, burgers and patties at different different places uh, they assemble it So it's a two step process. Yeah. process got it okay yeah, yeah. and it was in the same building but it was funny that it was called that i'm going to the central kitchen and i was <laughs> climb up i'm going upstairs <laughs> to the central kitchen I'm not upstairs even it was always like i'm going to the central kitchen um while amit says that you know he didn't have the ambition of making it big but he would never settle with anything ordinary so um the phone number that he first took right for yeah. the uh, for uh, uh, for the customer calling for the samosa party b2b business it was a special number it was like you know a sequence of numbers and uh, uh, we had to actually um, there's an old boss of mine ex friend who was you know who was the ceo of vodafone at that time we literally had to reach out to him and get a vip number because <laughs> he wouldn't settle with a normal number he said i don't want a normal number i want a vip number on my website um then uh, for emails he wouldn't give the email as amit at samosa party or whatever there would be emails like help at samosa party there would be marketing at samosa party there would be finance at samosa party yeah. even though there's one person who's <laughs> yeah. answering all these emails for the longest period of time i yeah. used to write regards team samosa party <laughs> team samosa party regards rajesh regards whatever xyz <laughs> to just give an impression to the customer on the other side that this is a professionally run organization which has a finance team has a marketing team has a sales team has a customer feedback team right so even though it was a small business of very low average tickets and and people didn't expect that level of standardization from businesses like these but uh, everything that we did you know we we tried to add a professional touch to it even though it meant that you know um, going to the central kitchen or <laughs> making a transfer from the central kitchen to the outlet every day in a professional manner it was all systematically done and i think that dna stays with you Yeah. You, you always then chase those kind of pockets of affection. I think having that DNA from day 1 yeah. um yeah. is the only thing. If you don't have that, yeah. at a later point you're not going to be able to scale, exactly. right? Because you're doing things too informally, it's too casual and yeah. uh yeah. that doesn't work when you have like yeah. 10, 20, 30 yeah. locations. Yeah. Yeah. By 2019, um I think six you had six locations at that time, right? Correct. Things Correct. had kind of started sure. to expand. What was the 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 moment where you finally realized, you know what? I think it's time for me to let this be my complete focus and step away from EY. Yeah. So when it was becoming very difficult, you know, to stretch uh, beyond a certain point in time and uh, we were making decent money at that point in time, the business was about 25 lakhs a month sort of a business, 25 30 lakhs of uh, a month sort of a business and uh, you know at that point in time um, so when i started there was no swiggy zomato delivery at that point in time you know while while we scale uh, there were a lot of deliveries which were happening we scaled a couple of cloud kitchens as well um so the business was scaling very fast and we scaled in a matter of a year 
from two locations to five, six locations. And we realized that this is scalable and this can scale. At that point in time, I remember in June, uh, I believe in 2019, I um, started uh, working full time. And uh, the idea was to, you know, scale this uh, further. And, um, uh, and, and the kind of love we saw from the customers, you know, I think that's the uh, most important thing, you know, you do it uh, for a cause, right? At the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a business, but uh, you do it for a passion. You do it, uh, you do it every day because somebody is writing uh, on a review that I love these uh, products and these are the best samosas I've ever had, or these are the best snacks I've ever had, right? So some of these things always push you to do better. Um, so yeah, I think uh, uh, that was the only single reason. We actually also started uh, our uh, a good physical outlet. So these uh, couple of locations were sort of in a tier two, tier three sort of a real estate. We also started an outlet in Tech Park, which happened actually very later. No, not not this was not the reason why I left. I left uh, I think because it was making sense. Okay. Yeah. Um. And Diksha, you've been waiting patiently to sort of jump into the story. So I want to sort of yeah. briefly <laughs> introduce you here. So you sure. had had a lot of experience working with the Oberoi Group, um, and then sort of at the moment where you decided, hey. I think it's time for me to join this samosa party. Um, you were working at Coworks, right? Yes. Um, what for you? What was the story there? Deciding that hey, I'm going to join this like samosa startup, um, and was it difficult to convince sort of like family, friends that this was the right move for you and your career? Right. So um, I kind of decided that I wanted to do this again. Uh, excited by the customer response, right? Every time I went to, a, we specifically opened this tech park outlet, which is where, you know, we used to do the cashiering and be around customers all the time. And I met so many customers who were so happy eating the food and who really loved the concept and said, we need more of this. Um, so figured that, you know, obviously this has a lot of potential. And by then I'd done so many years in corporates, different types of corporate experiences and everything. I said, you know, it's, it's worth giving a, a try and I should do that. Um, we'd also started to, you know, start uh, building some more castles in the air that <laughs> we, we'll we scale this to. By this time, we'd sort of become a little ambitious. It said, OK, we'll we'll scale this. We'll probably raise some funds. We'll take this to other cities and all of that. So it was looking good. Uh, this was December 19th. That's when I jumped in full time. And I think you, and you personally had been seeing the journey unfold, right? Um, so you were probably convinced that this is definitely like growing, right? Yeah. This is actually going to be a big company. Yes. Um, what about like what about your uh, family, friends? Like, did they have the same conviction that you did? No, not at all. I think <laughs> I was told by my father that you know you you just can't do this, right? He was he was dead against it. Um, he came down to Bangalore. We took him to the outlet. We took made him try the food and everything. And this was actually his second visit to Samosa Party. He tried it. Uh, he tried it before as you know my friend's uh, business and so on. But later I said, okay, so this is another location. And by the way, I'd like to join this full time. And he said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> This is just not doable and uh, you can't do this. But then tried to convince him and said that, you know, okay, I've, I've been a good girl all this while. I've, I've scaled my career from uh, here to here. And, you know, this is something that I really want to do. And if you think I'll do this for six months, we'll see where this goes. Uh, if we are able to make something significant, something meaningful out of it, uh, well and good. If not that, you know, uh, June 2020 is when I'll go back into a corporate job. Right. So so that's the six months that I sort of borrowed. And uh, I think the gamble worked out. But yes, everybody, um, including even friends, uh, everybody thought I was out of my mind to do this. <laughs> the timer starts ticking December 2019. Yes. And I have to imagine that December, January, maybe even February, things are going swimmingly. Yeah. Then suddenly the pandemic hits. Yes. Um, did yeah. that I mean, how did it affect the business? You guys, you guys had a lot of offline retail, right? We did. So it was quite unexpected, obviously. And, and uh, nobody took it seriously in the beginning. Uh, right. So December 19, uh, like I said, I mean, I quit my job. We were still putting the uh, plans in place. We were still making our presentations and business plans and all of that. January is OK. The first month of the year, we were doing very good sales. Uh, first half of the month is anyway dull. So second half of January was going great. I think we opened one more outlet around the yes. same time in uh, Kalyanagar. Then uh, by February, we were actually traveling and pitching. 
for our fundraise. Um, 7th of March is when we made um, our pitch to one of our earliest investors uh, who eventually did come on board. But, you know, from 7th of March until um, the money only came to us in August. Um, but that was the period where everything turned upside down, right? From 7th March, 18th March, I think the whole country went into lockdown. Um, our main goal at that point in time was, I think we had about 40 employees or so working with us uh, in Bangalore alone. But uh, uh, ensuring that they are safe, ensuring that um, they get their meals because we're also used to providing them their food and accommodation, everything is taken care by the company. So taking care of all those things was the number one priority. Um, but because there's a lockdown, you don't have a very robust supply chain. You have tons of other challenges. Um, it was a difficult period, I have to admit. Yeah. yeah. What was the distribution of the business in terms of, uh, I guess, yeah, you had pretty much shut down the B2B side, right? So it yes. was completely built around this offline retail yes. experience. Yes. Uh, and delivery from the same locations. So there were seven locations and we were doing dine-in and delivery from both. You, the, you guys were handling it yourselves or this was through Swiggy and Zomato? We are doing all, both, all, all three. All, all three. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Because that, I, I'm guessing that kind of became yeah. the core of the business yeah. once you realize that this COVID-19 thing isn't yes. going away. Yes. Yeah. yes. How did you transition? In fact, the first few weeks, um, our numbers looked really good because everybody was at home. And at that point, people hadn't realized how is this spreading or, you know, even tragedy hadn't struck at that level, right? Uh, people were still at home and everybody is working from home and uh, they want to snack or they want to, nobody can go out, right? So <laughs> they're just snacking and getting samosas ordered in. So both April and May were very good months for us. Uh, and and we were enjoying the numbers and we we're like okay this is great nothing's changed it's just that March things and on April the, were good March and April were good yeah 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 uh, yeah third March third May the yeah. flight started out of Bangalore and everybody left uh, we know that you know Bangalore was uh, pretty much uh, most of the locations where we were running our businesses um, a lot of people just left town and, and went back and started working from their respective cities and so on. Oh, so, so that's yeah. what, it wasn't that people stopped ordering because they were so worried two, three about- things So yeah. two, three things happened. So happens here, right? Uh, there was a rumor that uh, uh, COVID is spreading with uh, food or packages. There was an incident of pizza delivery boy uh, delivered a pizza and then people uh, uh, um, got COVID, right? So that was the first incident when people got really scared and they stopped ordering at all, you know? You can imagine business going to 10% of what it used to be. It was that bad. Wow. So you guys uh, are literally like re reading these news articles yeah. and then suddenly you see it's like changing. your numbers just go down. 100%. And it's not in your hands. So you can't do anything about it. And uh, at the same point in time, the cases were growing and it's very important to make sure that your teams are uh, well, same. teams are okay, teams are secured. We had also um, uh, created or made a um, COVID shelter sort of a center where a room we took where anybody who's uh, getting affected gets quarantined there and they're getting medication and then they're coming. So all of those things, um, we started, uh, but it happened gradually. Number one was this, where people thought that this is uh, getting affected because of the food. And uh, second was, you know, when uh, trains and flights started and people started uh, going back to their hometown, people uh, started going to hill stations and uh, beaches to, you know, just settle down. <laughs> so, so that affected uh, not just us, everybody uh, a lot. So by the end, not to, uh, by the end, but in August of 2020, yeah. you guys actually raised a seed round, which um, it's a little bit surprising because I think a lot of investors were sort of, they had taken a step back, especially in, in your space, right? Like QSR. Yeah. Um, it's it, it sort of, a lot of investors would have thought this is like, this is a lot of these companies are going to shut down. They're going to fail. Yeah. Right. But I think you had already started the conversation with your, the investors who had, who put, uh, it was like two and a half crore yeah. into yeah. your seed round. You had started that conversation even before the pandemic hit. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, was it sort of an uphill battle to convince them that it should still go through, that they should still invest or were they still, were they pretty, uh, ready to put that money in? Yeah. So I think, I think we were lucky that, uh, you know, we met them pre COVID. And of course, at that point in time, business was all completely growing. Uh, we met them in Feb, March, April. Business was uh, at its peak. Uh, then we, you know, started seeing downturn and a lot of other things happened uh, related to COVID. But we were lucky. And obviously, uh, any investor who's putting in money, they'll have uh, thoughts that whether my money is going to a safe place or not. But they believed in the team. And uh, we managed to raise it. And the process and entire thing took time. We got money in August. 
but there were some challenges but uh, not so much that uh, we uh, we were able to convince them okay yeah. i have to imagine that through 2020 you were probably just like looking at the calendar like when is this money going to come through like we we really want this to come no, we through we were profitable we, we were, were profitable at that point in time uh, we didn't have a really large team it was mostly the operating teams and between the two of us we were managing everything right because all this uh, all the dreams and hopes of like building a team quickly and scaling up really really fast with covid the world has changed um so we decided whatever we got to do to keep everything running we'll do that and between the two of us we were sharing all the responsibilities so we were profitable we didn't have a challenge in running the business or paying wages or anything like that but yes you couldn't scale you couldn't grow and and that was fine because even if you had the money where would you go out to grow or scale right um so i think a lot of things when you it was a very difficult period i would say but when you look back in hindsight right i think some of our hardest lessons uh, came from there um after our first round uh, we also um, and i have to admit that you know um as we are growing as a company as we are growing as entrepreneurs and individuals i think we are getting better at managing money as well right allocating uh, towards the right causes and everything so i think um it's it's good to see some of those phases in life and in your entrepreneurial uh, careers because it just teaches you the value of everything uh, that goes along in building really long lasting companies sure you guys also made this really interesting pivot um from offline retail to becoming sort of like a, pu- a purely cloud Pure kitchen company okay. was that something that you thought was sort of like a stopgap during the pandemic or did you sort of think this is the future of the business that we're going to be 100% in the future as well cloud kitchen company it was a stopgap stop we, we've always enjoyed being around our customers we are extremely people centric as as people also so we we really looking forward to you know we have a great dine in location coming up in bangalore in hsr very soon and uh, I, with that life will really come full circle <laughs> that that's what we started out uh, as an ambition with right so uh, this was only just a stopgap okay coming back to that 2 and 1/2 crore rupees what did that enable you to do because you're already profitable at that point right is that just money in the bank sort of a rainy day fund or are you using that money to uh chart out the next chapter of your company's journey no no 100% you know as an entrepreneur you always want to scale you always wanted to uh, uh you're always ambitious you want to do something uh, more than what you're doing already you're running about 9 10 outlets at uh, no not 7 8 outlets at seven, that point in time yeah. um the idea was how do we scale from these 7 8 outlets to 10 12 outlets cloud so cloud kitchen uh, yeah cloud kitchen because of course uh, there was covid and all right uh but uh, um we were running from a very small uh, central kitchen of ours very basic uh, almost 200 300 square feet kind of a kitchen so we wanted to uh, get a bigger space you know um hire some more people so we can uh, innovate uh, on the product we knew there were some gaps which we wanted to address um so spent a lot of money there spent a lot of money on technology automation uh, how do you so so you uh, put in money to you know scale from 10 to uh, 20 20 to 30 or 100 whatever right so we spent a lot of money on building blocks or how can we what can enable us uh, to scale this business to the next level yeah got it you and i also I'm, launched kurgaon at that time yes oh okay so Maybe. this is where Yeah expansion yeah. starts outside yes. of Bengaluru for yes. for yeah. the first time that's yes. right yeah. and uh, you know when you are uh, thinking of uh, launching in uh, new city then you know the obvious choice choice for anybody who's in bangalore would be you, uh, if you want to go to a smaller city you go to a mysore or near the tier 2 or 3 city if you want to go to a bigger city you go to a chennai or a hyderabad right because it's very close by a similar kind of a demographic right that's what i would have said too <laughs> yes. right yes. Pe- qsr typically people expand in their region yes. maybe to a different state but it's yeah. like we're a south india company we're a north yes. india company yes. Yes. you guys just bridge that gap from day from basically as soon as you started expanding 100% so idea was you know um, um um it's a perception you know that you get better samosas you get good samosas in uh, north india or uh, delhi or for that matter any part of north india right in south india you don't get great product and that's why people are eating and in, in bangalore people are experimental there are a lot of migrants which are here that's why people are eating that's the narrative that's the yeah. narrative right and uh, uh, even though that was different you know when uh, covid hit there were nobody the migrants were not in uh, bangalore we were uh, catering business in the very old part of bangalore kalyannagar maleshwaram sahakarnagar those places right we were getting orders from there so we knew that uh, that's not the case but you know 
we wanted to prove everybody wrong we also wanted to understand that how can we scale in uh, northern part of the country right so we took it up uh, as a challenge and we decided we should do it in uh, gurgaon if you can do delhi ncr you can do bangalore then you are okay right then any part of the country would be able to manage so we took it as a challenge when we launched gurgaon directly and uh, we did not launch uh, hyderabad or chennai wow in 2021 you guys raised a 2 million dollar pre-series a yeah was the success that you'd had with that expansion to another part of the country one of the factors that galari capital considered um when they led that round i think so yes. i think so yes. yes so two things you know of course the business was scalable uh people uh, uh the investors understood that you know the business is scalable in bangalore at the same point in time gurgaon they were able to Uh, we were able to replicate the same uh, taste same consistency in both the cities i think that is very important for a qsr business whether you are able to replicate the same uh, consistency in both the cities um, numbers and all of course change uh, over a period of time but if you are able to replicate the same product and consistency that's very important so when you raise those funds um you know you guys probably feel like this is a a small empire that we're running at this point right you're now in two different cities um or i guess by the time you raised those funds had you expanded to other cities no, as well we no two cities. No. two cities two cities um and it's you know it's exciting we're growing but really in a global context like you guys are like a tiny little fish in a in a giant ocean where there's like these behemoths right like yeah. there's massive Q- qsr companies with like you know they're just in every single country in the world yeah. um and the reason that the the way that they've been able to achieve that is through setting up the infrastructure for that kind of scale right yeah. and i'm guessing you guys were still working on that side of things right you know you haven't you hadn't perfected the yeah. the infrastructure the model of how do we actually go and be in you know every major city across the country and how do we go to other countries in the world and guarantee that the flavors and the and the crunchiness and the yeah. you know all of these things are consistent throughout um the entire like the products that we're offering in every single location. Yeah. Um what are some of the steps that you guys have taken to achieving uh that kind of scale now that you've raised that that 2 million dollar pre-series A round? Right. So we we've looked at all of the problems on the supply side, right? Uh, demand is not a problem. Uh, India is consuming so many samosas and why just India? I mean if you look at the world at large, right? One out of 8 people is in Indian right now. Right? So so uh, the demand for Indian QSR portable kind of food and something as tasty as a samosa is always going to grow. And uh, we have to keep focused on, you know, the quality, the consistency of the products and at the same time be able to, you know, build systems that will scale across the world, right? so um we've invested a lot of our time in r&d we've invested a lot of our time in building technologies around supply chain around forecasting around being able to uh, meet the consumer demands in different pockets um uh, of different cities and so on and so forth uh, we also have a professional team now so there are people who are working different parts of the business and bringing their best um, through which we learn every day as to how how to make uh, better decisions how to actually uh, think uh, you know much larger scale than we where we are today and you know the timing is also right um, you know um, indians are uh, you know realizing their own um, uh, culture realizing their own potential they are not they are not uh, 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 thinking twice before you know flaunting their cup of tea or flaunting a bucket of samosas right uh, there was a point in time then uh, when a lot of american brands came to india and we embraced them uh, with uh, both our hands uh, but today things are different uh, today's generation uh, gen z or even millennials they are very confident in their own food you look at india is uh, you know going everywhere whether it's art whether it's uh, fashion whether it's technology of course we were always and we are uh, going up there as well but everything you look at right uh, it, it's out there uh, but uh, only i think uh, one frontier left is food uh, there's no global qsr uh, which is uh, which has been built out of india at, at that scale then that's the last frontier and uh, we will we'll we'll conquer so. that <laughs> <laughs> i love the confidence yeah i think that's that confidence is something that may maybe has been missing right yeah. uh, it could have also been a timing thing timing, like you know yeah. uh, the united states right is sort of the the leader when it comes to like international Q- USR and I think they just started a lot earlier right their yeah. economy is older yeah. than you know India is still quite new after like everything kind of opened up I guess yeah. it was what in the 70s and 80s things started to really pick yeah, up yeah. uh FDI coming in the 90s, 90s. yeah um so I think it is definitely India's time um and I'm guessing like if you know, I don't know what your plans are for for global expansion but 
if you don't do it soon, you're going to be competing uh, <laughs> on the global front as an Indian QSR, which is really exciting to to be able to say. Yeah, the more the merrier. We we definitely want a lot of uh, not just not just us. We want a lot of uh, Indian brands going out there globally and scaling across the world. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um. So 2023 was an exciting year for the two of you. You got married. Yes. Uh, big congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. And also now you guys are making this big push back into offline retail. You're setting up this flagship retail location uh, in HSR. Yes. Um. What are some of the considerations that you're like you you had already done offline retail in the past. Are you doing it differently now than you did back then? We're doing it slightly differently. So, you know, if you think about uh, whether you look at McDonald's or you look at a Domino's, you look at KFC, right? Um, there's a very clear branding and there's a very clear expectation. Like, you know, you've arrived in the home of pizzas when you walk into a Pizza Hut or a Domino's. When you go to KFC, you know, you've arrived at the original uh, country style fried chicken and all of that. Uh, what we felt is that, you know, all along, whatever we've been doing, um, Samosas were missing a home. So I think this location and how we've treated it and what we've tried to uh, bring to our consumers, this is it will serve as that beacon of, you know, this is the home of samosas. This is where you get the best samosas in the whole world. And uh, there's so many varieties, options to choose from. They're freshly made right in front of you. Um, you can hang out. You can literally have a samosa party. So it's a vibrant space, uh, which is also in many ways a tribute to what samosas stand for in the Indian context, right? If you look at um, even in, in smaller towns or back in our childhoods, samosa was community. You, you consumed it with your school friends. You consumed it with your neighbors, with people who you work with. It's always brought people together. So our store um, or the first uh, flagship location that we're coming up with, it should stand for, you know, people coming together over this gorgeous snack and, and just really have a party. Right? So that's, that's the plan. That was Amit Nanwani and Diksha Pandey, co-founders of Samosa Party. And if you're anything like me, you might not have realized that samosas aren't actually Indian. I didn't know that samosas were from India before I came here. It, they're not from India. They're not from India. Oh, okay. they're Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. There we go. They're from yes. India. Ah, they that's came to they... India and uh, they came as a non-vegetarian import, but then Indians are well, primarily vegetarian, so potatoes went in. As with everything else. <laughs> oh, it started as a meat thing. Yes. 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 Sambusas from... Uh, what are they called? Sambusa. Sambusa. Yes. I've never heard that before. That's fun to say. Yeah. That's more fun to say than... <laughs> Sambusa. <laughs> Sambusa. Sambusas came from uh, Saudi. Okay. And they came as uh, meat-filled pastries, which then in India became vegetarian. And it, we embraced it like... They're so tasty, right? It's almost like a <laughs> na national food at this point. It is. Yes. It is the national snack of India. There's nothing else that comes close to samosa, right? It's universally loved. And I'm not saying this because I'm in the business of samosas. But in general, the amount of love that uh, I've seen across the board for, from people for something like samosa is just unimaginable. Well, I mean, in a cage fight, which one wins? Samosa or Pani Puri? <laughs> I think samosas, hands down. Is it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. I thought not. I didn't realize it was that much of a landslide win. I think it is, so. It is. Hmm. In terms of numbers, also, sixty million samosas per day is a massive, massive number. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the numbers for Pani Puri. I even I don't know. But wouldn't be close. Thank you so much for watching or listening to the podcast this week, and I'll catch you in the next one.